It's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by flick composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Program. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Tom Sumner. We've got a good one in store today, coming up in the third half of our three-hour tour, known as the Tom Sumner Program. We're going to talk about the future of fashion, with uh, Fashion Week coming up in New York City, just a couple weeks away. And uh, we're going to talk about the... um, how, how the fashion industry is becoming more vegan and sustainable with Laura Shields from PETA. She'll be joining me by phone. And then we're going to talk um, about a, a new book by uh, the founder of the Society of Happy People, Pamela Gail Johnson, will join me in the middle during the second hour of our three-hour show. Uh, her new book, Practical Happiness, Four Principles to Improve Your Life. Again, Pamela Gail Johnson joining me. But first, we're going to talk about uh, a new legal thriller from a uh, previous guest on the show, Mike Papantonio. I think I'm saying that right, but he goes by Mike and or Pap, and he joins me by phone. Good morning, Pap. Welcome to the show. Tom, good morning. How are you today? I'm doing Okay. Um, as I recall from the last time you were on the show, your uh, your legal thrillers always have an issue that they're trying to tackle. Yeah, the whole idea was to uh, when, when I start, first started writing these, we handled we handled kind of the big cases all over the country. We, we we're the people who launched the tobacco litigation, and my firm launched the opioid litigation. We've launched probably. 60 of the biggest pharmaceutical fraud cases in the country. Um, so right now, our, our attention is on human trafficking. So what I, here, here's the problem with what has happened to the media, Tom. The media has become dysfunctional where it comes to handling a story for more than 48 hours. Once corporate media took over, um, it's, it's all, it, it's kind of wham, bam, who do the story, the story disappears and people forget about it. So what we found is part of lawyering nowadays is not only to be able to, to, to launch the case and, and actually try the case and adequately take all the discovery, but you have to keep the story alive. You have got to be able to talk about opioids, for example, the one that we're working right now. It's very, you know, we're making real progress. We're probably going to have a global settlement on this project before long. But in order to make that happen, what we had to do, Tom, is we had to let we had to get the media away from their low-hanging fruit, their laziness and low-hanging fruit. And we had to actually feed the story to organizations like the Washington Post that did a wonderful job covering this project. But we had to get them that information. 
Um, and so, so these books do the same thing. I mean, hopefully you read uh, in human trafficking and you say, well, gee, I knew trafficking was a problem, but I didn't, understand, I didn't understand how it worked. I didn't understand that corporate America is very much involved in human trafficking. And now we're settling a good many of those cases with organizations that I, I'm not, I can't disclose to you, but they're some of the biggest organi- uh, corporate organizations <laughs> in the country. Uh, well, so, and, yeah, the, and Mike, I kind of, I kind of jumped right over it when, uh, when I introduced you because I wanted to get right to talking to you because it's been a little while since we've spoke. Mm-hmm. Um, that you don't just, you know, play. Uh, a lawyer in your books but you're a lawyer in real life and um and this uh this new thriller is uh, called inhuman trafficking and uh plays uh in the world of um, of human trafficking as you were just uh just saying mike um what do you mean inhuman trafficking well, you know, the point is there is no there is no humane way to traffic. But I think you know that's that right. is probably just uh, hopefully an attention getter. Uh you know, which which is very necessary in this business right now of human trafficking. Um you know, the as I say, if Mike, you Mike, to go I don't want to, I, I don't want to interrupt uh, your train of thought, but I but I do want to go back and pick up a definition because I think the phrase human trafficking means something different to everybody who hears it. Mm, mm. It does, and that's very well put. As a matter of fact, Tom, um, if I were the first time that we started seeing trends with trafficking. Um, you know, we, we get we, we're sent cases from all over the country, from California to New York to Florida. We get cases, lawyers that we work with in various projects, and we started seeing a trend. Okay, we'd get a call from Washington State, and they would say, "Pap, we've got a case that looks like truckers are involved." Uh, same thing would emerge out of L.A. and then New York and Miami, Florida. And so what we, when we first started taking a look at it, we took a look at it from the, the trucking industry that was trucking girls uh, in 18-wheelers from the West Coast to the East Coast and all along, say, I-10 or any of the major, major uh, uh, interstates. They would make calls and they would say, we're going to be at truck stop number 32 at 10 o'clock. And they would have their own code. And so they would show up with an 18-wheeler that had 10 girls in it and people uh, would come have sex with those girls, and the truck would move to the next truck stop. So we brought that case, you know, and it took us, took us a while to see the pattern. And more importantly, when we tried to talk about the case to the media, this, one of the trucking industry uh, that we're involved with is, is a big advertiser. So if you talk to MSNBC or CNN or any of the big networks, they're not willing to do the story because they, they make so much money from advertising, the same thing that we ran into with with opioids. The opioid uh, disaster would have never happened, but for the fact that the media was so damn lazy and they were so tied into those advertising dollars that they wouldn't advertise what CVS or Walgreens or, uh, you know, (laughs) what any of these companies were doing because that's their money. So we found the same thing was happening with trafficking, and we so we launched it based on um, based on a couple of cases, and the first one was the trucking case. 
uh, oddly enough, you know, a TV show emerged about the same time. Uh, the the a wonderful writer by the name of C.J. Box. I don't know if you've read his stuff, but he's an incredibly talented writer. Yeah, he, the, uh, the TV show Big Sky is based Big on Sky, his... That's C.J. Box. Yeah, stuff. is based on his writing. He's been on the show. Uh, yeah, he's a wonderful writer, and he he gets it. You, you understand that, that... I don't know that Big Sky does justice to what he was trying to say in his books, but the point is, you know, the the... Idea is you have to stay out there with the story, or the story disappears. I don't want and to so do a review on we, Big. I do a show as you may or may not know. It's called America's Lawyer. I've been doing it for seven years. It shows right. all over the country. Uh, you know, we 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 have to have a media arm of what we do. So we have Ring of Fire, which is hugely hugely followed in this country. It's a political show. So within so and point, without. Not, I'm sorry, say again, Tom. Within and without. It's not just in this country, but it's got uh, an international following. Yes, it does. It does. But, I, you know, Tom, what you do, for example, um, you know, w- with this show, you touch on things that you won't even see the corporate media get near. They, it, it's, it, and that's part of the problem. That's, that's why we have a trafficking problem in this country that is a $48 billion industry. Forty-eight billion dollars every year in human trafficking, and so it, it was a long time before I realized that prostitution was considered human trafficking. I was thinking it was, you know, all about, uh, you know, capturing uh, people late at night in an alley in San Francisco and putting them on a slow boat mm. to China. Very, very common kind of belief from the, from um, the movies. I mean, that's what yes. we that's where we get these impressions. That's right. And that's and right. that's why I wanted to to peel it back a little bit on what human trafficking is and what it involves because it's everything from illegal immigration to uh slave labor in in bars and restaurants around the country prostitution is a part of it there are a number of things under that umbrella. And and that was the point um, I was trying to make. How many stories have Mike. you seen? How many stories have you seen corporate media cover? Uh, on the immigration issue, the border issue of how many of those kids end up trafficked. Curious. I I, I, I can tell you, we follow it every day. I I've seen I've seen some because um, because there is a lot of activity around this in Michigan, and we had uh, an attorney general who went after it. Uh, yeah, a few years yes. ago, yes. and so yes. I have seen some, but I but I take your point that you don't see it often. No, it's 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 politically incorrect to even talk about it because of political policy. Well, you know everything's great about about the immigration issue right now. You know it's a kind and gentle way to treat people who want to come to this country. Well, they tell you the kind and gentle side of it without telling you the ugly, ugly underbelly of how many of those kids end up trafficked all over the country. And, and so, you know, there's another iteration that people don't have any idea how this ties up. But, w- you know, we found one of the cases that we're handling is a, one of the biggest pornography, uh, I guess, central homes comes out of Canada. They, they're kind of a clearinghouse for all of the pornography that takes place all over the world. It's, called, it's, a, it's an organization called MindGeek. And so what MindGeek is able to do is they're able to, they, they know who, they know where to get films, right? They have their own list, a Rolodex of, you know, let, let me get a trafficker 
to do A, B, or C with kids in a hotel room, and we're going to film it, and then we're going to send it all over the all over the world. And and these kids, they're, they're literally talking about 14, 15 year old kids that are put in a hotel room. And oh, by the way, the hotel where that takes place, major chain. Uh, they they're in the you know the suites for two weeks. People bringing in cameras, people bringing in lights. They're filming this, and then it's being distributed all over the world. And and oh by the way, that's a corporation that is, gets support from Wall Street. The money comes from Wall Street, and so so in order to get to the bottom of it, you've got to follow that money. You have to follow, okay, who is it that props up these companies? How does this whole system work? Because unless you cut the head off of it, um, you, you, don't, you, make no, you make no progress here. And truthfully, even when we do that, Tom, it's not going to solve the problem. It's, we, it, it's the ugly human nature that's going to allow this to happen for generation after generation. And all we can do is we can say, while we're here, while we're walking around and breathing, our responsibility is to do what we can do. And that's, what our, that's kind of the mission statement of our law firm. This is, we're not going to solve human trafficking. My God, it's thousands and thousands of years old. And people don't realize. But we realize, can do something while we're here. People don't realize that it's going on right under their noses. You know, some of the cases that, that were uncovered in, in Michigan, um, and, and here's here's just a, a a scenario. You might go into a Chinese restaurant, and there are a number of Asians working there, and you assume they're all family. That there was, you know, a, a, a dad or a mom who came over to this country, started a business, and started bringing family members over, and it's all in the family. And what they found when they peeled that back is that. A lot of the, the people working in some of these restaurants in, in Detroit and Hamilton, Ontario, and, and around uh, uh, southern Michigan um, were actually indentured servants. Oh, yeah. 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 The first case I ever looked at um, was it, just, it was actually even not it was before we really and really people, started handling these trafficking cases originated with ukrainian women that were being um they they were interviewed over in the ukraine and they were told well if you come here we're going to give you jobs in the service industry uh, the guest industry you're going to be working in a hotel and you're <laughs> going to be greeter or whatever that role may be working behind a desk in a hotel well they got over here and then they put them in restaurants to begin with they were working as greeters in restaurants, and they said, oh, by the way, how would you like to make more money? Because we also own a strip bar right down the road, and if you're a greeter there, you're going to make more money. Then they work there as a greeter, and they say, you know what? You might make more money up on the pole, so why don't you go up on the pole and dance, and you're going to make more money. And then that goes on for a while, and they'll say, you want to make you want to make the big money. You need to meet Bob here out in the audience. <laughs> Mike, and once they meet Mike, Bob, I, they're gone. I, I have to put a comma there, but I want to pick it up with uh, Bob's story when we come back. I have to take a short break. Can you stick around for a few minutes so we can talk some more? Sure. All right. My guest is uh, Mike Papantonio. He is uh, an attorney and author. The new book is uh, Inhuman Trafficking. We'll be back with more right after this.
Hello out there, everybody. It's me, Tigger. T-I-double-G-R. That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy. <laughs> I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines, since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places, so be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe By from the Blue Lions. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Annanick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's, that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. Hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all always. It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a kind and check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County. Where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods. And in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. Where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. Hi, I'm State Representative Sarah Anthony. Our community and communities across the country are seeing a rise in gun violence. Firearm injuries are one of the leading causes of death among children. 
Parents, it is your responsibility to know where your firearm is at all times. First, lock your gun away somewhere safe. Also, make sure that it is disassembled and unloaded. It's up to us to prevent gun violence in our community. This is Congressman Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We continue our conversation about human trafficking with attorney and author uh, Mike Papantonio, whose new book is called Inhuman Trafficking. Mike, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around, and sorry to make you sit through all that. Sure, Tom. It makes me want to come to Flint, Michigan when I hear this. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a wonderful vacation spot. Well, well, everybody wants to hang out with Tim Allen, you know. But um, but I, I, I do want to mention one thing, because we started talking about, and I used an example of uh, some of the Asians working in Chinese restaurants. It might be right under our nose, and we don't realize that, that some of those people working in the restaurants might actually be victims of human trafficking. Um, but I... I, I don't want to leave people with the impression that these are all illegal immigrants that have been brought here for that purpose. Some of the people that are subject to human trafficking have been snatched right out of our own cities and, and rural areas mm-hmm. and towns. So this this isn't something where we can deport the problem. Oh, it's not. I, the, the idea, it, it's still local, isn't it? I mean, we had a case... Uh, you know, 70 miles from here a uh, couple of years ago where there's a, there's a process that's called the Romeo routine, and that is where you have two or three girls at a bar anywhere between you know, 21 to 25, and then they send in a couple. This is very common, as a matter of fact. They send in a couple, you know, movie star quality looking guy, movie star quality looking girl. Seems that they're just kind of hanging out and dating and they start chatting up these girls. How would you like to come to a party? And uh, sure, we'll go to the party, and then the roofie comes next, and then two of them disappear. So there's all kinds of, I mean, that's a local, that is a very local kind of problem. What we miss sometimes is that it's so well organized that it's uh, like the uh, case I told you about, the the Ukraine. The Ukraine uh, comes in H-2B workers, right? So the restaurant that brings them in has complete control over their lives, over their passports, over the money they make. They come in as H2B workers. There's no oversight by government at all. There's no follow-up at all. Homeland Security does nothing to follow up. Department of Justice does nothing to follow up. And so these people come in, and they're legitimate coming in as H2B workers. We're about to see a big, matter of fact, the Chamber of Commerce right now is screaming, we need more foreign workers in the country. Bring them in. And what we're going to see is a real uptick of this problem where they come in, they, they latch onto an organization that looks legitimate, and before you know it, they disappear. They're in Dubai or Argentina where they're shipped off, and we never see them again. It's, it's, it's amazing how common this is, and it's amazing how little people understand the process. Well, and as you pointed out in the last segment, uh, Mike, that the... Um the media has dropped the ball on this. Um, some for uh, out of out of personal financial concerns because some of the money involved in this um, are are this is 
the same money that's helping to support their efforts in the case of some of the big cable networks. Um, but in some cases, because there is, um, you called it laziness. I, I think in some cases there's some incompetence involved. Um, but the media is not really shining the spotlight on this issue. No, the best example I can give you, I mean, I've worked in media for 20, 20 plus years, okay? I, I've I worked with MSNBC. I've been a liberal commentator on Fox. I was around when Air America was launched with Rachel Maddow and Al Franken and Bobby Kennedy, just a whole host of of. of you know, a, a hey, you started talent. to mention Bobby Kennedy Jr. What happened yeah, he, to him? <laughs> nothing's happened to him. He simply, he, you know, right now, the you know everybody on the left uh, is so angry because he's talking. Uh, he, he's asking people to consider another idea, Tom. Okay, Agreed. which has become for, forbidden in this environment that we have. It's not that he's right. He's a dear friend of mine. He's, he, you know, we, we practice law together. He's a brilliant man. He has an opinion. Okay, so they, they kick him off of Twitter because of his opinion. They kick him off of Facebook because he has an opinion that varies from what everybody else believes. When we're at that point in this country where we don't understand the importance of the freedom to let somebody say what the hell they want to say, even with even if we disagree with them and we we ostracize them and we 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 act like they've lost their mind bobby kennedy has not lost his mind now i've had every vaccination i can possibly get but does that put me in a position where i target him because he has a position that's different from celebrity opinion of course oh, not well mike you know? i i i only brought that up not not because of uh of his stance on vaccine mandates but his recent mm -hmm. comparison to nazi germany i thought was yeah, it was terrible it, it was, was a little was over the top and it was over the top tom and, i agree and not and not characteristic i'm fine with somebody having a different point of view as mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. um, yeah I've, i i know that <laughs> The very fact that that I'm on this show tells me a lot about that. <laughs> but you know, it, so so the point the point my point, Tom, is this: is that's that's an example of what how we create narratives, isn't it? It's a you know his narrative is contrary to the uh, to the what we what everybody considers the objective narrative on the other side. You know, I, even launching most of the projects I've launched over the years, you know, we launched the tobacco litigation right here at this law firm. Do you have any idea how crazy the, the, the attacks that we undertook from the Chamber of Commerce, from the Department of Justice, from the President of the United States, it went on forever because we had an opinion that was a little different. As I'm even dealing with this human trafficking case, I get some. I get. I even get feedback and blowback from that, especially when I start talking about corporate America's involvement, how major hotel chains are part of the problem, how Wall Street that's pumping money into pornography is part of the problem. You see, but nevertheless, I, I have the right to say it, and I'm in a unique situation where I, I really don't. I really don't care. I mean, I. I <laughs> you know, criticism doesn't bother me. I've moved away from the idea of, as I said, I used to do MSNBC, and I would be in a in a in a close count. You remember Ed Schultz? Oh yeah, 
Ed Schultz and I used to have a show together. Big Red, they called him on MSNBC. <laughs> and so I'd get ready to do a show. I'd get ready to do a segment, and we'd be in the slow count, 10, 9, 8. At 7, they'd say, Pap, we're going to another topic, because I knew why, because I was getting ready to do it on Bear or Merck or Pfizer. <laughs> and the producer would come on and say, we can't do that segment, do constitutional law, and they'd kill the segment. So um, it's, it's complicated out there right now, Tom. It, it it well it is and it isn't <laughs> it's um it, it it's as complicated as we let it be um it, it it seems like we ought to be able to just say right out what's going on and 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 talk about these things openly and i did want to point out um as i as i did in your intro that your your books um are companion pieces to your legal work. It's it's almost like a multimedia approach, and and it it begs the question, Mike. Do you think of yourself as an attorney, an author, or an activist? Well, I'm not an actor for sure. Uh, <laughs> I, I certainly am an author, and the, my point being, in order to practice law at the level that we practice, we don't do. I don't do 1-800 auto crash, 1-800 hurt on the job. The cases that we do are considered legacy cases. They're Call PAP. complex cases. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, PAP is, is my... But the point being, in order to do that, you have to do more than just be a good trial lawyer. You have to have the complete package that promotes the concept that you're trying to get across to everybody. These books are only part of it. The media I do is part of it. Um, the the documentaries i think they've done i think four documentaries on cases that i've handled that's part of it but it's not because i want to be in front of a camera tom it is because no 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 i, I, I didn't i didn't mean books. it is because the message has got to get out there some way because corporate media is incapable of delivering it i didn't mean uh, actor I, I meant activist and oh activist yeah i certainly meant Sure. No, that's that's I'm what I activist. meant. Uh, you know, attorney, author, or activist, and and the reason I say that is because your books are companion pieces to the work that you do, the legal work uh, exposing these issues and and some mm -hmm. of the uh, crimes within the umbrella of the issue. Um, but they've been so well received and critically acclaimed. Um, that they stand alone as as legal thrillers, but yet they're they're part of a, a multimedia approach to tackle these issues. Well, well, Tom, what you do, I, what you do there is so valuable because it's <laughs> it's not just local. What you do has a footprint across the country in so many ways, and. If there were more Tom Summers that would, would, would talk about topics like this, if there was more independence, you realize in 1980 there were 70 independent organizations that ran the media across the board. You know how many there are now? Three. Three. They I, run I was television, guess, radio, I was guess print. five. But oh, is it five? Well, I, no, I was just going to it used to be five, but I think you're probably more up to date on it than I am. Yeah, I follow it pretty closely. Uh, yeah, there's. I, I'll call it three. Whether it's three or five, we've gone from 70 to three or five. And so because of that, independents like yourself are the backbone of messages that would never be delivered 
but for what you're doing up there. The reason people want to be on your show, listen to the folks that you've attracted to your show, is because they can't sometimes go on the air and deliver what they want to deliver. But you allow for it, just like we do with America's Lawyer, like I do with Ring of Fire, like I do with everything I try to touch. There is nothing off limits. You know, the First Amendment still really matters to me. (laughs) Constitutional concept is still important. And so God bless you, Tom, for what you're doing. I wish there were a thousand more Tom Sumners out there that would, would replace the void that corporate media has created. Well, I'd be happy if a few more stations would pick up the show, but <laughs> that's that's a conversation for another time, Mike. Um, let me let's let's get back to the book in human trafficking. How in this uh, in this legal thriller are you able to tackle this issue, demonstrate this issue for people that will take the time to sit down and and learn something? Okay, well, the first thing that is important is that it's true, okay? They're, they're, now, you know, some of the murders are not true. Some of the, it, it, the intrigue is definitely all real. The case studies that are talked about that, they're all real. The characters are composites of people I've worked with for, you know, 40 years as a lawyer uh, from all over the country, composite lawyers, everybody, everywhere from Deke, who's kind of the lead character there, to Michael, who is this who's the, 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 the PJ or what they call the pararescue men that is working for the law firm or the private investigators. They're all, they're all composites. But, they, but every issue that's touched, every issue that's, that's the backbone of the, of the book is very real. It's really happened. And so um, I, I, every book I've written is like that. The last book that I wrote, The Law and Addiction, it's all, all you have to do is read the book to understand what the pharmaceutical industry did how they went about killing 150 uh, people a day with opioids. How did that happen? It didn't just happen sponte. It happened with a plan, and it was a plan to make money. And you know what? We still haven't thrown any of them in prison. Not one of them have gone to jail, 150 people dying every single day. And as I, as I uncover this case, nobody will go to prison. Nobody will spend any time. The people at the top that make these decisions will never, will never see the inside. They'll never be perp-walked because they don't look like criminals. They have Armani suits. They wear Rolex watches. They drive Bentleys. They don't have a hoodie. And, and so, so they look different. In our culture, that has allowed them to get away, literally get away with murder, whether it's the pharmaceutical industry that knows they're selling a product that has the potential to shut down your heart or your liver or your brain, they sell it anyway because profits are big, whether it's a corporation that decides to destroy an entire ecosystem with polluting the ecosystem with toxins that are so ugly and so vile that there's no way to store them, so they dump them in our river, or whether it's Wall Street who decides they want to steal from mom-and-pop pension programs because it's easy to do. You see, they're dressed up, Tom. They don't look like criminals, but they're the worst of the worst. The book in human trafficking, Mike. When um, when did that come out? Was it? Uh, 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 came out in uh, it's three two two months ago. Yeah, two months ago. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's out and available now. Um, yeah, anywhere you buy books, it's going to be there. How how many books does this make for you now, Mike? Uh, well, it's four fiction um, and four nonfiction. 
the nonfictions are basically about quality of life. They're, 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 one of them was called Resurrecting Aesop. The another one's called In Search of Atticus Finch. Those are books that are written really for lawyers to tell them how they can improve their quality of life by doing the right thing day to day, not falling into the drudgery of doing everything the same way that they've been taught to do. It's been passed down generation to generation. Those books have, are still selling. I mean, they they were written, God, you know, 20 years ago. But I think lawyers have a thirst for trying to understand what is so upside down about their life at some point. So. Those were devoted to that, and then I moved into writing these uh, these fiction books. In in the process of writing these fiction books, and and you just said, I think the last time we talked, uh, we were talking about uh, your book, Law and Addiction, and now the new book is Inhuman Trafficking. And you said, you know, in the wake of Law and Addiction and your work with. Uh, uh, the opioid crisis, nobody went to jail. And you, and you mm. just predicted that in the wake of inhuman trafficking, nobody will go to jail. We won't see anybody doing the perp walk, as you put it. That's right. Um, That's right. So, and, and I think I know the answer to this question, Mike, but why do you do it? Well, I mean, we can only do what we can do, right? Um, I mean, do, child, do you I think that you're putting a dent? Um, when she, you know, as Seven, eight years old, she would follow me around the courtrooms all over the country, and she said, "That what do you do? What what is it you do?" <laughs> so I could have said, "Well, I, I handle auto cases, and I, I help people, you know, when they're injured in an auto case, and I've done it ten thousand times." Or I, I clean up ecosystems. I cleaned up the entire Ohio River Valley from a product called C8 that was killing people with cancer. I'd rather tell her that story, right? But that's yeah. Rather, that's the other part of my question. Do you think you're making a difference? Do you think you're putting? Oh a yeah, in? definitely, definitely. We saved. I, I I'd like to think we saved about seventy thousand people along the Ohio River Valley from drinking Dupont's poison called C8 PFAS, uh, and we 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 got it cleaned up. Um, we've I, I've I've gotten forty forty plus pharma uh, uh, drugs off the market that were killing people, Tom. They they were, you know, causing a failure of the liver, failure of the kidneys, killing them. When the companies knew that they were doing that, but the profit was good. So I, I got those problems taken care of. And I, you know, any the, all the people that work with me feel good about that, that we did that. It was an accomplishment. And we can look back and we can tell our children, yes, we did something uh, that was important. And what's the, I, I think you kind of touched on it. I think you mentioned it. What's what's next, Mike? What's the next Well, we're working issue? on a book. I'm working on a book called Law and Terror right now. It's about the case that we're handling against the big banks, HSBC and all the big banks that washed money for terrorists and still continue to. Um, the U.S. contractors that were killed by by the directly from the money that was being washed by HSBC. You want to hear real zinger, and I, I know we're probably out of time, but HSBC washed um, uh, something like a like like seventy billion dollars worth of money for uh, for uh, 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 terrorists. And so the the uh, Obama administration uh, they 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 caught them. They said, we know you're doing that. They made him sign a document that was a seven-page document where HSBC admits we did A, we washed the money, B, we knew it was going to result in the death of Americans, C, we made money doing it. it was, the document states every criminal element of what they did. 
And you know what Eric Holder did? He I, fined them for a billion dollars. Not one of them went to prison. Not one of them was even indicted. So that's the case we're handling right now. We're handling it against all the big banks who are washing money for terrorism. You know, to most of that's us, my next book. most of us regular people think a billion dollars is a lot of money, but uh, we're talking about levels of of greed and and money changing. That a billion dollars is just the cost of doing business. Oh, it was it was nothing to them. They made. God knows how many billions they made, and God knows how many lives were lost because of their conduct. And Eric Holder thought it was a good idea. Hey, let's just fine them. And, and, then, and, then, oh, and then, oh, by the way, he then goes to work for Covington and Burling <laughs> in Washington, D.C., who is the, who's one of the biggest law firms that handle corporate crime for banks. Well, what happens to agency heads and, and former legislators is a whole nother show, Mike. We mm, could we is. could we could do a whole two hours on that or three hours. But Mike, um, we are close to the end of time, and as you know, I the time just flies by when I talk with you. It did the last time, and it did again this time. Um, but I always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about you and your work, past, present, and future. Mike, do you have a website that you'd like to share? Yeah, I, they can Google Mike Papantonio and find out everything we've talked about. <laughs> or they can go to the bookstore and buy this in human trafficking and hopefully understand how, how serious this problem is. And maybe they can help in some small way. I've had people that have read the book already and they say, how do I get involved? Every community has a way to get involved, and so it it, it is it, it is a ma it, it's a process of all us doing these little bits of everything we can do that sometimes converges to kind of a major step forward. It's those small steps that sometimes converge for results. So everybody can do something. Please begin by reading the book and understanding what's going on out there. Well, Mike, I hope you'll come back and talk to us about the next book. In fact, you're welcome to come back anytime you'd like. Well, thank you, Tom. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Okay. Take care and keep up the good work. Will do. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Again, that was Mike Papantonio. He is uh, a lawyer and uh, an author. He was uh, on the show a while back talking about his book, Law and Addiction, that dealt with the opioid crisis. He's now tackling uh, human trafficking in both his legal work and uh, his media work as well, including uh, his new book, Inhuman Trafficking. And um, if you didn't get a chance to hear the, uh, the whole interview, you can, in fact, if you miss an interview ever on the Tom Sumner Program, you can always go to our website, TomSumnerProgram.com, and uh, go to the audio tab in uh, the show archive and scroll through in uh, whatever day and hour uh, the uh, interview is in. You can, you can uh, listen to those anytime. Anyway, we've uh, still got lots more of the Tom Sumner program straight ahead. We're going to take a short break, let our broadcast partners uh, squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. They are WFOV 92.1 LPFM in, uh, in Flint, a broadcast service of the Flint Odyssey House Spectacle Productions and my good friend Paul Herring. 
And uh, as I said, we're going to let them squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com, we have some messages as well. So don't touch that dial. Don't click that mouse. Lots more of the Tom Sumner program is, uh, is still to come. And I hope you'll stay with us and join us uh, each and every day for the Tom Sumner program. Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Lions, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans, and soon, they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work, and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, the hug her and see her on her birthday. You know what I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Rangers Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Yo, speaking. Oh, dear. Honey, our car warranty is expiring again. So soon? It just expired last week. You don't even own a car! Not now, Dana. Your father's on the phone. Hey! Mom and Dad, you're being scammed. It's a robocall. Scammers are using new technology and clever tactics to make more and more calls that look legitimate but are hard to trace. They can make it look like they're calling from any number, even from numbers of people you know. My robocall crackdown team is working with state and federal partners to stop the robocalls for good, but I need your guys' help. Don't trust your caller ID. Verify you're really talking to the person whose number appears when your phone rings. If you accidentally answer a robocall, hang up right away. Engaging in conversation will only lead to more calls. Use a call blocking app on your cell phone that stops robocalls before they interrupt your day. And if you do get a robocall, File a complaint with my office online at mi.gov slash robocalls. And mom, dad, please do not give your information out to these scammers over the phone. They're just trying to trick you. Well, at least they call. No, I get it. You're busy. But you know, Janine's daughter is a doctor. She calls every week. A doctor. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. It's 2022, and this year the Tom Sumner Program begins its 14th year. It would not be here without support through the years from individuals and organizations like these. Seth David Radwell. East Village Magazine. Flynn Institute of Music. Hello, I'm Maestro Ricky DeMeg. Flint Community Schools. MTA Flint. Flint Comics and Entertainment. Hamity Complete Food Center. The Flint River Watershed Coalition. W.H. Weiscarver. The Genesee County Road Commission. Lone Museum Auto Fair. Thomas Appliance. The Genesee Health Plan. Cliff Technology. 
Vermont Community College, Pure Michigan. Friends on Facebook have also helped by contributing to the show's online fundraisers two or three times a year. If you would like to help the Tom Sumner program continue to thrive by becoming a sponsor, send an email of interest to tom at tomsumnerprogram.com. Add your name to the list of supporters, past, present, and future. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. Hey, this is First Ward City Councilman Eric Mays, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. The story of Little Blue Riding Hood is true. Only the color has been changed to prevent an investigation. This is the woods. My name is Wednesday. I work out of homicide. Monday, February the 2nd, 10.22 a.m. Bumped into chicken licking. Told me the sky was falling. I booked her on the 6.14, turned her over to the psychiatrist. Then a call came in at a 5.03. When I was on my way to the 5.03, a 6.18 came in. I added up the 6.14, the 5.03, and the 6.18. Got 1,735. I handed in my paper to the chief. He corrected it. Gave me 100%. Patted me on the head. Told me I was a good cop. 11.45 a.m. It happened. I saw a little girl in a blue hood carrying a basket. I stopped to question her. Pardon me, ma'am. Could I talk to you for just a minute, ma'am? What about? Nothing much, ma'am. Just want to ask you a few questions, ma'am. What's your name? Little Blue Riding Hood. Where are you going, ma'am? Grandma's house. Yes, ma'am. What do you got in the basket? What are you trying to say? I got something in the basket I shouldn't have? No, ma'am. I didn't say that. Then why are you asking me all these questions for? Just routine, ma'am. We just want to get the facts. May I have a look in that basket, ma'am? Be my guest. Let's see. Sawed-off shotgun. Knife. Bludgeon. Box of dum-dum shells. Nothing suspicious here. All right, ma'am, we may want to talk to you later, so don't leave the woods. She skipped on down the path, but she didn't know I'd seen the concealed compartment in the basket. In it, what I'd suspected all along. Goodies. My job, get to Grandma's before she did. I took a shortcut through the strawberry patch. It was sort of a strawberry shortcut. I walked up to the cottage, rang the bell... Okay, Grandma, it's a raid. A raid? Why, I'm just a peace-loving old lady. You've got the wrong Grandma. Yes, ma'am. We just want to get the facts. Where'd you get that bump on your head? The sky fell on me this morning. I made a note to book her on the 614 and turned her over to the psychiatrist. I tied her up, put her in the closet, then I put on the Grandma suit and got into bed. Come in, ma'am. Hello, Grandma. I got the loot. What are you doing in bed? I'm feeling poorly. But, Grandma, what big ears you have? All the better to get the facts. I just want to get the facts, ma'am. But, Grandma, what a big subpoena you have in your pocket. All the better to serve you with. But, Grandma, what a big 38 police special you have pointed at me. All the better to take you in. You're under arrest. You and your Grandma are operating a goodies ring. A cop. I should have known. Known what, ma'am? You look nothing like my Grandma. You forgot about the mustache. But I don't have a mustache. I know. But Grandma does. 
I see you broke the goodies ring. How'd you get a lead on her, Joe? I just played a hunch, Frank. It was just a hunch. I played my luck. Sometimes a hunch pays off, sometimes it doesn't. I was just lucky. I just played a hunch, Frank. What you're trying to say, Joe, is you just played a hunch. A lucky guess. Sometimes a hunch pays off, sometimes it doesn't. You just played a hunch. Is that what you're trying to tell me, Joe? Yeah. I just played a hunch. This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program.
another five-minute mystery. See if you can solve the case before the end of the program. Well, Alice, one more block and you'll behold the Brooks household. Two whole years, Jim. It just doesn't seem possible it's been so long. You and Dorothy married and with a place of your own? Ah, it's true, all right. Only too bad you haven't taken advantage of the old Brooks hospitality sooner. Well, I'm here now, and I intend on having a perfectly wonderful time. Now, here we are. Oh, what a charming place this is. Dorothy's probably on needles and pins waiting for me to get you here. Darling, it's Jim. Here's Alice. (gasps) Jim, look! What? Where? There, on the living room floor. It's Dorothy, dead. Mr. Brooks, I'm afraid you and Miss Manning will have to submit to some routine questions. I'll be happy to help in any way I can, Inspector. Thank you, Miss Manning. Now, Mr. Brooks, while we're waiting for some information I phoned for, I want you to tell me exactly what happened this morning. Well, there's nothing much to tell. Both my wife and I were quite excited, expecting Alice, that is, Miss Miss Manning here, to visit us from Chicago. I was to wait until she called me at the office. And you were there all morning? Yes, until Miss Manning's train arrived and we came out here. I had written Mrs. Brooks to tell her that I would call Jim at the office as soon as I arrived. The train was an hour late. Maybe if I had been here earlier, it may have been prevented. Hmm, well that remains to be seen. Apparently Miss Brooks was sitting here in this chair putting red polish on her fingernails when she was shot from behind. The polish has spilled all over the carpet and she was still holding the tiny brush in her hand. She must have recognized her attacker, and since she did not die instantly, she printed these three initials here on the floor with the polish, D-O-C. D-O-C? I wish we could tell whose initials she was trying to reveal. Yeah, sure, you don't know anyone whose name would fit that? Positive. I can't. Oh, oh. Yes, Miss Manning, can you think of somebody with those initials? Well, I, I, D-O-C spells Doc, and it's Mr. Brooks's nickname. Why, it can't be. Yes, Mr. Brooks. I haven't been called Doc in over two years. It was a nickname I picked up in school. My wife didn't like the name and never used it. No one in New York even knows me by Doc. I've You've got to believe me, Inspector. It's the truth. Hmm, well, that we'll see. Just a minute. Hello? Yes, Grady? Yes. I see. Well, it's sewed up anyway. Thanks. Well, you both will be happy to know our little murder is solved. Oh, then then it wasn't Doc after all? No, Miss Manning, it wasn't Doc. I'm arresting you, Miss Manning, for the murder of Dorothy Brooks. Why did the inspector arrest Miss Manning for the murder of Mrs. Brooks? In a moment, we'll hear. And now, back to our story. How dare you arrest me? I was still on the train. Your train wasn't late, Miss Manning. That phone call just verified the fact. You came out here, murdered Miss Brooks, returned to the station, and called Mr. Brooks to pick you up. That wasn't what really gave you away, though, Miss Manning. Too bad you didn't know Mr. Brooks was no longer called Doc when you printed those letters on the carpet. The next time you leave a name as a clue to throw suspicion, you'd better get the name right. But of course, there won't be a next time, will there, Miss Manning? Join us again next time for another chance to solve a five-minute mystery. Oh
Vince, get off of my lawn. We're trying to do a radio show down here. It's a Tom Sumner program, don't you know? Go on. Go on, get out of here. <laughs>